Write On Writers, and welcome first-time viewers to the Books by Adrian Author platform. This is Type Writers Podcast. I am your host, Adrian Santiago. I am an author and a YouTube content creator. If you don't know me, if this is your first time, hit that subscribe button. Thank you for coming. Typewriters Podcast is a bit of an after show for Livestream Sunday. This week, we wrapped up season four with the grand finale with Mr. Tim Hickson from Hello Future Me. And uh, he'll be joining us in here in just a moment to uh, sort of wrap up our thoughts on everything. Um, Go ahead and hit in the uh, link in the description below. There's a link to the uh, survey. Two questions, and you have a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. So uh, it basically helps me out with the next project I have coming out after the release of my novel. So we're looking at uh, probably January-ish release for that one. And uh, we're, we're filming all the videos next... No, uh, two months from now in July. So in the meantime, we would like to know how uh, we can make it the best product possible for you guys all right guys thank you very much let's go ahead and bring out our guest mr tim hickson welcome back hello hello again hello, hello again um thank you so much for coming on Livestream sunday man that was a lot of fun for me i i hope you uh i hope you enjoyed it i hope it was good for you too uh yeah no no, no it, was, uh, it was it was good fun good fun always <laughs> Uh, the, good fun to talk about stuff. Yeah, and the the chat was hopping compared to uh, to, to to what's normal for my uh, for my streams. Everybody had a lot of questions for you. I was I'm glad that we got to uh, zip through them really quick at the end there. I think we pretty That's much fair. got to all of them. Um, uh, now we've talked a lot about your your sort of career path with YouTube and everything, and uh, and your writing ultimately coming into now writing a novel. You're working on a sci-fi novel. How yes. is how is this project different from what you've done before? This is your first fiction novel, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Uh, it, or your second. I mean, it's it's. I mean, like first in what sense? First as in what as I've written. First as in one I'm trying to get published, or right, first published. that will probably get published. Oh, It'll yeah. be my. <laughs> I've got another book which is out with agents at the moment, but I haven't okay. had any luck okay. with it. Um, which is uh, sort of an NA with a dash of sci-fi. Um, but yeah, uh, it's it's. So this one, this one, well, this one will likely be the first one that gets published. Uh, yes. Now, that other project, any uh, thought into self-publishing instead of going through the traditional guys? I want to be traditionally published. Uh, call it an ego thing. <laughs> it's a, it's kind of a badge of honor kind of uh, thing for, for a lot of writers. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's one of those things that, like, I'm, I'm planning on self-publishing. That's the plan because, you know, what else am I going to do? It's, but, it's difficult. But yeah. if if some yeah somebody wants to absolutely let's do it like let's you know as long as it's a fair deal let's absolutely do it um that would be as well a badge of honor for me i think you know and, Very uh, you know and and I, i'm sure you, you can relate having been a reader since a, a little kid and you know now I'm, I'm 37 writing my first novel like it's i have a lifetime of reading where i'm like i i've always wanted to do this i'm finally doing it you know so yeah the idea of finally getting it out there getting it published see now the reason i asked the the, the self-publishing thing like i know you want to be traditionally published but if this next one does what's the harm in self-publishing the uh, former 
Um, there wouldn't be anything wrong with that. I do intend in the long run to self-publish novels. Um, yes. You know, like, I mean, for, 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 I mean, I did self-publish these, you know. There you um, go. There you go. Because I wanted to understand how self-publishing worked. But I want to understand how tra traditional publishing works as well. What um, did you learn about self-publishing that really, like, you know, uh, surprised you? It was a big learning curve for you. Uh, that I hate Ingram Spark with a fiery passion. <laughs> it is... The, it is it is hands down the worst company I have ever worked with and is unequivocally something I think should be burned down and replaced with something that is even slightly <laughs> functional in comparison. And I hope that anyone who has ever tried to sell someone Ingram Spark uh, is hunted down by a Norse <laughs> dear god. Did you use them both times or just the first book? Only the second one. Only the second oh, one. Oh, what did you do the yeah. first time? I just put it up on Amazon. I didn't expect anyone to like buy it, and okay. then people did. And so, <laughs> yeah. But the second one you went through Ingram Spark was it? No, I, I, you... I went through both on on, on uh, the second one. Gotcha. Yeah. Just to sort of reach a, a wider net, so to speak, cast a wider uh, net. Well, people were sort of saying like, oh, they don't want to support Amazon and stuff like that, and they want to have other options, and plus they want to get it in bookstores. But the thing is, Ingram Spark doesn't get it in bookstores. It just makes it possible to get in bookstores. And unless you're selling thousands and thousands of copies, bookstores aren't going to care. Huh. Um, yeah, so Ingram Spark is basically useless unless you want to. Uh, there's a couple of other benefits, but I ended up actually doing the ebook not through them, but through something Libre, which was the smoothest process ever. I love them so much, but yeah. So, um, you know, Ingram Spark makes it possible to go into bookstores they don't actually do it for you so then you would have to order from each individual bookstore your book otherwise they're not going to no. do it themselves right no 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 ingram spark um they bookstores can order it from ingram spark you can also right. order it from ingram spark um gotcha. but the thing is is that because of how their policies work with um with with ingram spark uh basically if you don't live in the United States, or is it Australia, um, it, it's you are going to possibly end up losing money on it being sold in bookstores because of how their returns policy works. Mm. Now, have you looked into uh, any hybrid publishers at all? Because I was kind of researching that for a while myself. Um, the guys no. that will uh, sort of like break up the publishing process into chunks and anything you can do on your own, you do on your own. And anything you need help with, you can pay them to do for you. And uh, ultimately, you publish a book together. Um, I, I, the only one I know of is Wraithguard, I think. I had um, a lady on here from Greenleaf Book Group. That's another one. Right. It's not something that particularly appeals to me. It just seems like a more expensive way of doing self-publishing. It does. Once, the, once she started break because I had her on here uh, a few seasons ago. Once she started breaking down all the different, you know, chunks, all the different prices, yeah, it, it adds up, man. It's 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 pretty expensive. I mean, it's going to cost you just as much to do it on your own or less. So, like, you know, yeah, exactly. So I was, I, I don't know. I was just kind of like, it, it, it's not that hard to self-publish, and it is yeah. very difficult to trade publish, and so why? What are you actually getting of the trade publishing element out of it? I mean, they're not helping yeah. promote it, are they? Yeah. yeah, yeah. This way, it looks like we're looking at each other. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, man. So, see, I'm I'm in the editing process of my novel now. Like, I finished the first draft. I sent that off to the editor, and yeah. uh, you know, I'm I'm starting to work on the on the sequel. Uh, I want to get this book out by December, and mm-hmm. I'm self-publishing again unless some magic happens. Um, but I'm not like I'm not like gonna be. I don't think I'm gonna be shopping it around or whatever. I think that I I'm probably going to. Um, you know kind of earn my stripes in self-publishing maybe for this first series which is a totally valid way of uh, and then, doing it absolutely exactly and then try to to reach a little higher to the uh to the traditional publishers once i've i've sort of got a little bit of a track record behind me of some kind hmm. you know that's that's one way to do it you know i partly sure. wanted to publish self-publish those two books there because i wanted to be like hey i've already done the self-published yeah. route and sort of succeeded yeah 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 for sure for sure Okay, so was there anything that you wanted to cover on the shows that uh, that maybe we didn't get to uh, during Livestream Sunday? No, no, nothing didn't come to nothing comes to mind. I'm afraid. Um, but if you've got any other questions or, or anything like that, I'm happy to talk through them. Uh, my good friend, uh, you you have been extremely generous with your time. I have a couple of questions that I, I keep on the uh, back burner here, so I'll I'll rattle them off uh, real quick here, and then uh, and then I think that uh, we can call it a night for you. Okay. I have four here. Number one, and this is because my my audience always asks these. These are the the questions that everybody always asks. Number one, do you struggle with writer's block, and if so, how do you fight it? Writer's block to me. Um, I don't tend to struggle with writer's block that much. Um, I tend to find that when people say they struggle from writer's block, what they actually mean is that they've taken a wrong turn in their writing. So they've got to a point where they're going, I don't know where to go next, or I'm not feeling confident in the scene that I'm currently writing. Right. And usually the problem is is in the scene beforehand. Mm-hmm. It's in the setup to the scene that you're currently in. Um, and so what that usually means is 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 you haven't done the setup for the thing that you're writing. Right. I tend to find. Um, and so my solution when I feel that is, is I look at the piece and I go, why am I not feeling confident in this? Why am I not feeling like I'm able to write this? You know, writer's block isn't just you magically can't write. You yeah. Know? Um, it, it, it's 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 usually in my experience that the story is not working on some underlying level, and it's up to you to figure out what that is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree with you. Um, you know, a lot of times. Uh, people will will express that they've run into writer's block and they haven't written anything they're wor- supposedly working on a book but they've hit writer's block and i always tell them something very similar i'm like it just means you need to go back to your outline something's wrong you're missing something you missed something you made a wrong turn somewhere like you said like you just have to find what it is that you have to fix in there and the the dam will break and you'll be able to, to continue forward um yeah. i i put a lot of work into my outlining so that I get it to the point where every day when I'm writing my novel, every day that I sit down, I know exactly what I'm going to write today because it's in my outline. I finished that chapter yesterday and today it's this one and and on we go. Hmm. Um, Do you ever struggle with imposter syndrome? Imposture. Imposter imposter syndrome. (laughs) It's funny. I saw someone else make that exact, that exact mistake recently. I didn't even realize I made that. I said it. Um, Imposter syndrome. <laughs> also, I don't want to like condescend to anyone about the writer's block thing. Um, oh, no, like, I agree with I just uh, agree with you that it's often uh, a oh, misunderstanding uh, of a problem. 
Yeah, I, I, I just sort of sounded like I was going like, oh, you're struggling to write? It's because you've screwed up before. Like, <laughs> well, I just um, tell them that it doesn't exist. Writer's block doesn't exist. It just means that there's something that you need to do before you can continue onward. I, and maybe that's I, stepping away from it and doing something different, writing something different. Yeah, that's, that's I, I do. I do. Yeah. Uh, but um, what was the question again? There was, it was... Uh, oh, I mean, we were just talking about it, uh, imposter syndrome and, uh, uh, and writer's um, block, those two things imposter syndrome yeah it's 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 a bit of a force um it's definitely something i struggle with the the big thing for me was um i got to the point where you know i'm like i'm people view me as like a writing authority mm. but i feel really insecure in my own writing like i'm i feel like i i, I was sitting there i was I'm kind of like i'm i'm a good writer right i am a good writer like i think i'm a good writer and then and and then of course you know they're like well you're giving writing advice but what have you actually published and i'm like well i've done a couple of things on the side and stuff like that and so right. I, I sort of got into a bit of a panic about that i'm like am i actually a good writer or is this just all a delusion and so i, I basically started going okay i need to get stories published and so i started writing short stories and sending them out and i got published over the last year and i was really stoked at that i was like oh my gosh i'm actually a good writer like this is actually validation i'm getting published and getting feedback from like really good magazines yeah. you know um and so that was that's sort of how i dealt with that i was kind of going like i don't know if i'm actually any good but yeah now yeah. now yeah it almost so, sounds like, well, uh, I haven't validated myself, but look, others are validating me. I, I must be okay. Everything should be all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a bit of that. Yeah. For me, you know, imposter syndrome usually would manifest in the sense of, you know, uh, insecurity in my writing, like you said. But what, what, what would happen would I would notice rhythms or themes or whatever that were in things that I loved. And I was like, oh, I'm I'm ripping everybody off. I'm doing stuff that everybody else already did. But I mean, when you first start out as a writer, that's part of it. You draw from what you know, you draw from what you love to read, to, to form what you love to write, and you figure out your own style as you go. Um, mm. So in those early days, I feel like a lot of people run into imposter syndrome thinking that it's a horrible thing that they're emulating their heroes but that's what I, you're supposed I, to do. Every author tells you to you know, steal when, from everybody yeah. that you love. Steal from them. <laughs> when people say, you know, like, oh, like, how should I start out? Like, one of the things I, I, I sort of tell people is I say, like, look at the stories you want to write that, like, have been written by other people. Like, what books did you read that yeah. you were like, I wish I did this kind of thing? Yeah. Um, and just, just write a story that's kind of like that. And then figure out another time when you write a new book, do something different. Figure out how their style works and see what you can learn from it. You know, I don't think there's anything wrong with yeah. with with emulating styles um, to, to to figure out your own style and figure out what you want to write and, and learning. Absolutely. You know, and to this day, I, I see it true with with my writing and my, my novel. Part of the uh, way that I structured it, I have multiple point of view characters, so I did what George Martin does in his A Song of Ice and Fire books. Every chapter is a different character. You have the character's name at the top. There's no confusion about who you're reading. Every yeah. time you start, you know, and, and every chapter is essentially a short story. Every chapter has yeah. a beginning, middle, and end, and you'll just catch up with the character later on, etc. Little cliffhangers, etc. And I emulate him in that way, and I know that I'm doing it. I'm conscious that I'm doing it. I'm just trying to do it to the best of my ability. But that doesn't mean that my story is a George R. R. Martin story. You know what I mean? It's it, like no. you have to be able to compartmentalize your influence and, and definitely, all definitely. That stuff. Yeah. 
The next question I have on here, do you have plans to adapt your books into or stories, your short stories, for example, into other mediums? Movies, TV, video games, <laughs> dreams. I, I, I don't even know how. No, like <laughs> I, I can tell you, I can tell you now that the book that I'm working on at the moment would not really work in like, any other medium. I um, I read that excerpt that you that you shared on Instagram today or yesterday. Oh uh, yeah, and I was intrigued immediately. I was like, damn, I got to read this. I, I can read you the expanded extract of that if you want. Please do uh, regale us. All right. I That'd once knew rain. Okay, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I once knew rain that fell upward. They formed in currents and streams, like the rivers of earth converging in basins that pass into the ocean, but their ocean was the sky. A part of me loved them, till one day they didn't. Or not one day, but a thousand, because I did not want to hurt them. It wasn't their fault. They were not cruel, not a liar. The day first told them, first could always deal with these uh, harsh words better, their rain fell from the sky the way rain should. They gathered in a circular pool of 10,000 irregular stones. Even when others are gone, we carry remnants of them with us, don't we? Now, of course, none of this makes sense in, <laughs> in, in, in that context. Um, yeah. I, I, it's The imagery, though, is incredible, the, especially at the start with the rain going upward and yeah. the sky being the ocean. Like I can see yeah. that, even though it's something I've never seen before. I can see it. It's it, it, so generally like in this sci-fi book, there's a, a, a species of alien who basically take on any form that they want. Um, they the more the, the older and smarter they are, the more complicated the forms they they take on, and they generally um, take on forms that they like to take on forms as expressions that are contrary to the laws of nature. That okay. um, yeah. And, and they they don't tend to take on like human forms or anything like that. Like when they start out, you you wouldn't be able to tell the difference between them as like a raindrop and a, a person. And then, um, you know, they, 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 they grow and they become, you know, they'll, they'll turn themselves into a, into a huge cliff face chiseled with whatever they want or, or a storm that moves around the planet. Whoa. Um, yeah. And, and so there's, there's various descriptions of, of these, of these creatures um and 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 uh and this one in particular takes the form of rain that falls upwards from the ground um and in this particular scene um one of these species uh is saying that they no longer love them they no longer they don't really they don't love them at the way that they used to and of course um because they're because maintaining these forms takes a lot of kind of effort it's a, it's it's an expression of pride and 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 their mental stability maintaining these forms they they lose it and they become normal rain they become rain as it should be and they fall fall to the earth and because they they no longer have the stamina to do that um yeah so it's it's see here's uh, here's what i find really impressive about all of that in the writing is that without having any outside context from what you read me and what you just described i can see so much world building already i can see so much character work already i mean just the concept of these creatures alone is is a massive uh piece of of world building in and of itself <laughs> they get more complicated um, that's bananas man because if they can become a, a cliff face they can become a storm these things are throughout the the world and therefore 
wow. Like, I, it's, when does this come out? <laughs> I, I need I to read know. this. I need no. to read this. <laughs> the, 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 the chapter names for the, the pers perspective of the alien are named after the form that they take at any given time. So there's the first one's a winged, bifurcated flower, a satellite with six arms, uh, then a computer chip covered in barrels, <clears throat> um, half moon, half tape recorder, an astronaut with wings, uh, and then... That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Penrose triangles and Ulfire, which I thought were cool. Yeah, uh, they're, 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 they're strange creatures because they also, they also, they're not, they're, they're, they're not a hive mind, but they have multiple individuals inside their head. Mm. Like, fully formed individuals, um, who are kind of like aspects of us like so we are all one person that right. has um you know that has our our our, our kind of like uh, survival instincts okay. um and we have our our desire and drive to achieve things and desire things like a similar a to uh pixar's inside out right yes these, these yeah. aspects of your personality that are sort of driving the car yes of your yeah mind. you can you can look at it like inside out and so basically all of these creatures have um levels of consciousness that they slowly get you get your, your survival instincts first and then you get your desires and you get morality and stuff like that and these are fully formed individuals but they exist as individuals inside of your head kind of like inside out gotcha. and um the th this one has three so it's got it's, it, it refers to them as first, second, and third. But the oldest and most and biggest and wisest ones might have sixty, you know. And so they don't even have they don't even have a concept of how what that sort of consciousness is like. Um, yeah. So that's that's sort of so there are there are weird. This is things. some heady stuff, man. Like you're getting into like some like real layered storytelling here. I'm very curious to find out what the plot is. Uh, I'm I'm. <laughs> I'm very, very curious. <laughs> the the plot is um, it's primarily centered around a, a woman who has lost her child. Um, right. It starts. That's right, you uh, that. it, right. it, it starts about three months ago. It starts with about uh, three months prior to the beginning. Her child drowned, basically, and um, uh, she was a young mum. She's only uh, her daughter was like ten years old. She's only like twenty. Uh, she's only like twenty nine, um, and um, and she is absolutely trapped in her grief and <clears throat> likewise another one of that alien that we just talked about their whole planet is dead and um then another story which is kind of from the perspective of a of a, another character um they everyone that they know has kind of gone for some reason they they yeah. find themselves entirely alone and it, the, the 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 catalyst is really that um this woman learns about a craft heading to earth and trying to figure out what it is why it's coming what's inside it and something is heading for earth and 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 it's it's a journey of overcoming grief but it's really about how these three stories all connect with each other right on man right on okay so then in that case that probably brings me here to my final question which is what is your editing process like for these stories and how did you find your editors? Um, for the short stories? For the short stories or the uh, the novels that, that uh, the, the one that you've been trying to shop around, the one that's coming uh, up next? 
the short stories are um, done by uh, professional editors at the magazines. I edited them myself, sent them in, then they edit them, publish them. Um, the editors for um, my 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 book, uh, I when I've been shopping them around, I do beta readers who mm. give feedback, and I do a proofreader. But I don't take on um, professional editors uh, in this stage of the production. If you want to do trad publishing, you'll get an editor later on. And um, I, I'm, I'm much more interested in selling the concept as it is and then hearing that professional feedback from some, someone inside a publishing house. Nice. So I, I do beta readers who give feedback and I change based on that experience, their experiences with the book. But um, I don't have a professional editor who goes through and um, line edit, uh, line edits, structural edits, and, and stuff like right. that. The developmental edit, all that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, the, yeah. The revisions. Yeah, yeah. My uh, my sister is my editor on this book. She's uh, essentially a, a critique partner that I'm paying to get it done <laughs> because she's like me. And if she doesn't have like a carrot at the end, it's not going to get done. So I'm like, okay, I'll give you a carrot, just get it done. But she's, you know, she's a creative writing major, and and she's written a couple of screenplays, and uh, she has some poetry that's been published, won a couple of poetry contests and stuff like that. So she's my critique partner and from her i'm getting my my second draft and then that's going to beta readers and critique partners from there and, well, and i'll get I mean, a that's... nice third draft out of that everyone's had everyone's got a different um policy exactly yeah like and that's what i'm finding in talking to to so many authors on this channel is everybody does it a little differently everybody has uh, some wiggle room in their process as well. I noticed like th people are always like uh, <clears throat> either trying something new or, or changing something that didn't work before. It's a fluid thing where you're going through your, your writing journey, you know, until you find your process and everything. But everybody has it their own. Everybody has very, much so. yeah. very much so. Very much so. Mr. Hickson. Thank you so very much for all of your time today. Live stream Sunday typewriters podcast. You have been such a treat and uh, I wish you all the best in all of your endeavors. And I can't wait to see the next two videos that I know are coming. I can't wait to read your novel. I'm, I'm here for it, man. I'm very excited to share them all with you. Thank you very much for having me. And hail Mishka. <laughs> Mishka. <laughs> Mishka is dead, but I know, um... I know, but still, <laughs> yeah. still, hail Mishka. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, hail Mishka, hail Mishka. Rest in peace. Uh, thank you very much. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Oh, one last thing. I, I said it before, but I haven't said it on camera. Uh, congratulations on your engagement, and uh, oh, you know, I, you. I, I wish you all the best on your wedding and 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 a happy marriage. Thank you very much. Everybody at home, thank you for watching. Like, comment, subscribe. You all know the deal. And uh, we will see you on Sunday with Write the Damn Story with uh, Martin Lejeune. And then uh, Tuber Book Club the Tuesday after that. We'll see you there. We're talking about Nightmare Tenant written by Richard Holiday. Right on, writers. We